starting the month of August with a new sermon series. And so over the next few weeks, what we'll be doing is having a look at the book of James. If you remember a few weeks back, David suggested that if you're looking to read the Bible, um, you might want to start at the back because at the back, you'll find a lot of the shorter letters. James is one of these. It's five chapters long. And in my Bible, which has large type, it takes up seven pages. So you can knock it off pretty quick. And since we're going to be talking about this book over the next few weeks, you might want to read it over a few times. There's not really a lot for us to say about James himself. Traditionally, this book was attributed to James, the brother of Jesus, one of the early leaders in the church in Jerusalem. But there's not a lot of scholarly consensus about that. But all we really need to know about James is that he was a follower of Jesus. Now, regardless of who James was, we don't actually read this letter much in church. When we're doing our readings or our sermon series, we tend to look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the writings which tell us about Jesus and his life and his ministry and his teachings. And if we're not looking at one of the Gospels, we might be looking maybe at one of Paul's letters, you know, Corinthians or Romans or Thessalonians, because Paul talks a lot about faith in Christ. So it makes sense as a Christian church, we want to look at those books which teach us about Christ, either his life or how he works into our faith. We want to explore and deepen our life in Christ. But if you read James' letter and you heard the first part, you'll notice James barely talks about Jesus at all. In the entire letter, he only mentions Jesus a few times. Now, just because James doesn't talk about Jesus doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't control the entire message. The book may not mention Jesus overtly, but everything in this book is written through the lens of a follower of Jesus. Let's have a look at this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking in anything. James acknowledges that being a follower of Jesus is not going to be all sunshine and roses. Life in itself will not always be easy, but that's not something that should be discouraging us. No, James says this is an opportunity for celebration. The testing of our faith is something that will bring maturity. Our faith must be tested for us to learn, uh, to grow and develop. Faith isn't the flavor of the month, something to abandon when it's no longer fun or easy. We know that to grow in anything, not just faith, there needs to be challenge. There needs to be mistakes and failure. If anything is worth having, it's worth persevering. 
I've heard a story um, that used to be shared in our Taekwondo class about a man who found a butterfly coming out of its cocoon and he helped it. And the wings never developed properly because in order to strengthen those wings, the butterfly needs to fight to get out of that cocoon to fully become what it's meant to be. And that's an example of our faith as well. And even our church in this time of pandemic are facing challenges we've not seen before. We've had to find new ways to still be the body of Christ, to find ways to gather together. For some people, this is challenging. Without companionship, without communion, to still try and hold fast to their faith. For others in leadership, putting on a Sunday service has taken more time than ever before. But we still find ways to persevere because this is something worth having. In other areas of life, still keeping on with the pandemic and trying to keep infections down, we've seen a rise over the last few days as people face fatigue, tired of trying to social distance, tired of always trying to wash their hands, really wanting to connect with other people and falling short in, in protective measures. We find ourselves tired, but keeping ourselves healthy as a whole, as individuals, is something worth striving for. Keeping together as a church is something worth striving for. And James reminds us that those things are worth persevering for. And it's not for some reward at the end. He doesn't say, do this, persevere, and you'll have eternal life, or your place in heaven, or be one of Christ's chosen. The reward is maturity of faith, that secure knowledge of salvation of our place in the kingdom. The reward is not at the end of the journey. The reward is the journey itself as we move towards maturity and faith, that daily living of our faith. That is the joy. Now, in many ways, this teaching of James reflects the parable of the sower, one of Jesus' teachings, in that if a seed just grows up quickly, it dies, it never matures, it never develops, and it never bears fruit. James is reminding us of that. Trials and difficulties are meant to test us. They are meant to help us mature. They are meant to help us to learn and grow and bear fruit. So just as James says, don't let the hard times discourage us. We should rejoice that we live in a time where we can learn to be strong and where we can learn to persevere. He's reminding us that what Jesus taught us through the parable is that growth in faith is a process and it takes time and proper growth. So now let's have a look at a next section here. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. 
for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Now, does that sound familiar? You may have heard Jesus talk about something similar. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you because of the Son of Man. That you can find in Luke if you want to look it up. It is chapter 6 and it starts at verse 20. Sometimes known as one version of the Beatitudes. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Well, James, just like Jesus, is reminding us that our material circumstances are not what's important. Our place in the world shouldn't be our focus. Of course, we live in the world, but that's not what should concern us. What should concern us is our place in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> 